Welcome to a special episode of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry focusing on God's unconditional love and grace. Today we're continuing to bring you highlights from the 2018 Healing is Here conference held at Andrews Karras Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado. Symptoms are to sickness what temptation is to sin. And now here's Andrew. Welcome to another special edition of the Gospel Truth Broadcast. We've been playing excerpts from our Healing is Here conference that we held in August of 2018. And I tell you, it was powerful. We saw a lot of people's lives changed. And I not only ministered, but we also had Barry Bennett. We've already shown those. But now we are going to be sharing with you some of the teaching that Audrey Mack did. She's a lady who uh, was from France. She married an American. They live in... Uh, Florida, but Audrey is just a great friend of mine. And I tell you, this woman is on fire for God. She is a fireball. You're going to be blessed by this. So we're going to play a little excerpt with Audrey Mack teaching in our Healing is Here conference from 2018. God is so good. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, having confidence in who God is. Because you know, in Mark 11, 20 to 25, This is where Jesus taught on faith to his disciple. But you know the first thing he told the disciple when they said, Lord, you know, how did you do that? He had just cursed a fig tree and in 24 hours it was totally dead. And Peter said, how did you do that? And you know the first thing that Jesus said, he says, have faith in God. And you know, and I know, and I've been some of them where we've taught, have the faith of God. But here is the problem. Yes, we need to have the faith that, like Jesus said, that speaks to the mountain, that receives the promises. But right here, there is a point that Jesus was making. Before you can speak to the mountain, before you can believe you receive, your faith, your confidence in God has to be so has to be strong that you know that your daddy God loves you. He's not against you, he's for you. God loves us so much. Oh, and you see, you know why I wanted you to see those testimonies? Because the Bible says. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, he says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I have been thinking about this, meditating on this. And you know what I realize? What prophecy is? Prophecy is a prediction. It's an utterance of the will and the purpose of God. It means if God has done it, he wants to do it again. That is his purpose. That is his will. So when we see one testimony, you know what I declare? You know what God is saying? I want to do it again. And I want to do it again. And I want to do it again. So I want to go back. That Jesus said, yeah, you're going to speak to the mountain and it's going to move. You're going to believe, you're going to receive the promises of God. It shall be done. But first, you've got to have faith in God. And you know, when we talk about Abraham, you know, we call him the father of faith. Because here is the danger. If our faith is not in God, we're going to put our faith in something. And most of the time, it's going to be our faith in our faith. We're going to get, all of a sudden, I see people say, Audrey, I've done everything I need to do. I've confessed. I've prayed. I did this. I did that. No, no. 
Because you see, we've got to forget about ourselves. And we've got to consider Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And our confidence, our faith has to be in Jesus, in God. And we see Abraham, the father of faith. It says that Abraham was fully persuaded. Why? That God was able. That God was able to fulfill what he had spoken. His faith was in God. Even when he, oh glory to God, even when he put Isaac on the altar, it says that he put him on the altar without blinking an eye because he knew, he knew his confidence, his faith was in God that even though he would slay Isaac, God would be able to rise him from the dead. You see, his faith was not in himself. His faith was in God, in the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the power of God. And we see all the testimonies. It's the spirit of prophecy showing you that God is so good. He wants you healed more than you do. Just like he wanted me to move in the you know, in the healing and miracle more than even that I did. God is so good. God is so powerful. Yeah, he is powerful, but he's good. And our faith has to be in him. You know, I remember when I was a young Christian, I didn't know the ins and outs of faith, of what to do, what not to do, the 10 step, the five days. I didn't know. All I knew is God is good. And when he said, I want you to leave home, pack your bag, go to America, I said, okay. I just had that confidence that God would never let me down. That God was so good, so faithful, that he had my back. See, if he said, just go to America, okay, people would say, where are you going to go? I said, I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. Just God told me to come, and here I am. Because I didn't have the 10 step and the five this, and I just knew that God, in my faith, my confidence was in God. And you know, even Sarah, it says that she, in Hebrew 11, 11, that she received strength to conceive. Why? Because she considered God faithful. Her faith, her confidence was in God. And so this morning, you know, my husband, because my husband, like I said, my husband is a builder. And I remember when he built our house, you know, he, he, it took forever to build the foundation. And I'm like, when am I going to see some walls up? <laughs> I'm like, I'm wanting to see that drywall and the thing. And I'm like, Audrey, you patient. He said, the foundation is the most important part of the house. If that foundation is wrong, then the wall, everything down the road is going to crack and crumble. And so I want to make sure the foundation, your confidence in God, your faith in God, that is our foundation. And you see, if we have a problem receiving, if we have a problem speaking to the mountain, and he looks at you and he goes, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> if we have a problem walking in that victory, you know what the problem is? You don't have that faith in God. That foundation somewhere is faltering. We've got to come to that place. Matt, I need you. You've got to come to that place. Come here. 
where, you know, go right over here. You know where, no, you need to turn, brother. Look at me. Come closer, just right here. You know, it's just like little children. When they go by the pool, I say, Papi, catch me! Where you know, a little child, thank you, brother. I checked if he had muscles before I went. You see, that's the confidence like a little child. He has such a confidence in daddy God that he knows that his daddy's never gonna leave him, never forsake him if daddy said it. And you see, your confidence in God's word. You will not have confidence in God's word if you don't have confidence in the one who spoke the word. In just the same way, if my husband says something to me, because I know him, I have confidence in him, I can take his word to the bank. And some of you, you hear, by the stripes of Jesus, you have been healed. But because your confidence in God. And did you notice something? That right at the beginning, that is the very thing the devil attacked. The goodness of God. When he told Adam and Eve, and he said, oh, look at that tree, it's really good. And she said, well, God says you shall not eat it or touch it. How did God really say? Oh, he knows that the day you eat of it, you'll become like God. She already was like God. But he had deceived her, persuading her that God wasn't really good. He was holding something back. Right there, he challenged the goodness and the integrity of God. And that is the reason why through the years, through the century, that's what's been attacked. The goodness of God, the love of God, the integrity of God. And then let me tell you something. If some of you here have a problem with that, you know what you need to read? The book from Andrew, The True Nature of God. Amen. That book has set me free. Because you read the Old Testament of this and that, and I will not put sickness on you, I put on Egypt, and I will not, da, 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 da. And you're like, there is a conflict on the inside where your confidence in God, you're like, well, is God good? Or is God, and, and, and through the years, God appeared through the law. He appeared like a judge that was mean, like he was a, an obsessive and compulsive perfectionist that was there ready to slap you in the face if you did a, a step aside. And you have that concept that not God is really there, but you kind of deal with it yourself. He's really not there to get your back. He gave it Jesus, but that's okay. Just now you deal with it. And his goodness, his love, his integrity has been so attacked because that is the foundation of our faith is that we have so much faith in who God is, a good father. He loves us. And so I was talking, I want to restore that confidence in who God is, that we can have such a confidence in our father God because our confidence is we know that God is good. And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I want to talk to you about what is the testimony of Jesus. What is the testimony of Jesus? So I'm going to take you in a little journey. And I'm going to go to the book of Matthew. Because I'll say it again. The testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, it means it's a prediction of what God wants to do and is going to do. 
It's a, it's a declaration of his will and his purpose for you. And so what was the testimony of Jesus in Matthew? And I'm going to go in Matthew and stay in Matthew. Why? Just in case you think, you know, there are four different gospels, three of them are synoptic gospel. It means they really have much more or less the same information, the same story through the eyes of Matthew and Luke and John and Mark. But I'm going to stay in Matthew because lest you think I'm taking the same story repeated from one gospel to the next. So I'm going to stay and look at what is the testimony of Jesus. In Matthew 4, verse 23 and 24, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kind of sickness and all kind of disease among the people. And then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptic and paralytic, and he healed them. Who is them? All who had any kind of disease. You see, Jesus didn't go, oh yeah, I'm going to heal you, heal you, but not you. He healed them all, no matter what kind of disease they had. Small, medium, large, or super size. In Matthew 8, verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. 9.35, when Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people, and when he saw the multitude... He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered, sheep having no shepherd. We see here the multitude came to him and he healed all again. 12:15. But when Jesus knew, he withdrew from there and great multitude followed him and he healed them all. Now let me ask you something. When we see, could we say we have a great multitude here this morning? How many does this place hold? 1,300 max. A few people are standing up. You see, when you can count and you know there is 1,300, it doesn't count as a multitude. When Jesus fed the 4,000, they counted. When he fed the 5,000, he counted. But when he started writing about multitude and great multitude, you know what that means? They can't count them anymore. And he said that he healed them all. If there would be one chance, only one chance, that healing would not be for all, then somebody in that multitude would not have been healed. But he healed them all, even though there were great multitude. Hallelujah. In 1414, I love that. It's just when Jesus heard that his cousin John the Baptist was beheaded. He went in a lonely place, probably, you know, to, to grieve or probably to be with the Father and found strength from the Father. 
But that great multitude followed him. And you know what Jesus do? He didn't say, oh, you guys, would you leave me alone to grieve? I just lost my cousin. No, you know what he did? He said, devil, oh, yeah, you take my cousin's head. Let me show you something. And the Bible said he went and all the multitude came to him and he healed them all. Oh, glory to God. We see the testimony of Jesus was to heal all. What does this mean? That what he has done, he wants to do it again. And even there is a little leper in Mark chapter 1, a little leper. And like many Christians today, they have no doubt that God has the power to heal. God could move his little finger and oh, yeah, he's got the power. But where they have a problem is, God, are you willing to heal me? The little leper came to Jesus. He says, I know you are able to heal me if you, the big if, if you will. You see, he didn't have a problem knowing that God had the power to heal. But you see, his doubt, his, his, his trouble is like, does he want to heal me? And you know what, Jesus, I love that. Jesus didn't pause. He didn't take one step back saying, oh, let me check. Let me pray fast. Let me ask the Father. Because after all, I, I only do what I see the Father do. He didn't even blink an eye. He immediately stretched his hand and touched him. And he said, I am willing. And you know the word, I am willing. Do you know what that means? Because sometimes we read and we skip and we don't see the depth of, of meaning that word. And I'm no Greek scholar by any means, but I've got a good concordance. <laughs> you know the Greek, I will means it's telo, etelo. And it means I will, it's my intention. It is my desire. I love to do it. I take pleasure. I take delight. I am determined to do it. And you know what I love about Jesus? I see his heart, the heart of the Father, that he not only healed his body, but he healed his soul. Because I don't know if you know anything about leper. I mean, I lived in India, and there are lepers colony, which means that they are outside of society. They cannot talk to people. They cannot touch people. They cannot be around people. And I can just imagine. I imagine and I think what that guy, what was going on in his heart. I don't know how long it had been since he had been able to hold his wife in his arm or touch his kids or be with friends or just feel the human touch. He felt rejected. He felt shameful. He felt like, you know, kids would see him throw stones at them. And Jesus, you know what he did? He stretched his hand, said, you mean so much to God. And he not only healed his body, he healed his heart, his human dignity. He placed him back in society, said, you have value in Father's eyes. And by touching him right now, he said, you know, as a rabbi, that was big. We think, no big deal, but as a rabbi, that was big deal. A rabbi was not supposed to touch anything unclean. Who cared, Jesus said. I want you to see the love of God, the passion of God. Even in John chapter 9, so many people will go with that verse and say, oh, you know, that man was born blind. And there are many Christians like that. Who sinned, him or his parents, that he was born blind? And said, well, you see, sometimes God will allow sickness so that one day, da-da-da, 
God will be glorified. God is not like that. God is a good father. You know, let me tell you, you see in the Greek, there is no punctuation. Because you see, who sinned? Him or his, his father, that he was born blind. And Jesus said, neither him nor his father sinned, but that the glory of God may be manifested in him. Wait, 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 wait. People say, you see, he was born blind, so that one day God would be glorified. <laughs> wrong punctuation. The period is in the wrong place. And the period is put at the discretion of the translators. Just like that word, present to heal, that word present was added because it's in italic. And you know how you can read that verse? Jesus said, neither him nor his parent, period. Who cares who sinned? That's not the most important. But that the works of God may be manifested in him. I have to do the works of God while it's still day because darkness comes when no one can work. You know what Jesus is saying? Stop fastening with a punch of theological matter. What is important is to do the works of God, to heal all, to heal everybody. That's what I was on the the heart of God. And Jesus' father was so passionate about healing everybody. That was his passion, his drive. You know, that's what the Bible said, 1 John 3, 8, for this reason he came, to destroy the works of the devil. Peter said, through Luke, he said, how the Son of Man was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, who went around doing good and healing just a few. No, healing all. You see, that is the heart of God. That is the divine will and purpose of God. That is the testimony of Jesus. And not only that's what he did everywhere he went, healing all, but you know what he did? It was, he wanted so much, you and I, to know the heart of God, the desire of the Father, so that we would return to that original intent of being sons and daughters of God, totally whole, spirit, soul, and body, looking, expressing the likeness of our Father. That he said, I'm going to go to the cross, and I'm going to give my life and the plan of redemption. We've talked about it. You know what the plan of redemption is? Jesus going to the cross. Do you know what that is? It's the legal act that gives you and I the legal right to receive what the salvation, healing, prosperity, everything. In another word, until that day, God wanted to heal so much everywhere, all the time. Even the Jews, the Israel, that were stiff-necked. They were rebelling. When they cried out to God, God said, okay, Make a, ray, a brazen serpent, whoever will look at it will be healed. Or just throw, a, 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 you know, a, a, a tree on the water and they'll have water. Or just go and kill a Passover lamb and whoever eat of the lamb will receive strength. God wanted to heal even Israel, but he healed, he healed, he healed, and he healed all. And when Jesus came, he healed them all. But you know what? He healed them at credit. What do I mean by that? What is this? A credit card. Ching and ching. <laughs> do you know what that means? That means that hopefully you have the money, but not in your pocket. 
It means that you want something. For example, you see that, you know, football season, you see that flat screen TV and you want it. You know that you don't have the money right out, you're gonna have it at the end of the month. So you say, okay, I'm gonna go to the store and I'm gonna buy that screen. And so you give that credit card and they go, chuk, chuk, nice luck. Chuk, chuk. <laughs> and that means you can have it now and pay for it later. But let me tell you, the bill will come and you better pay it. Somebody's gonna have to pay it. And God healed people at credit for thousands of years. When Jesus was on earth, he healed them all, but he healed them at credit. But when he went on the cross and he hung and his blood shed and he said, Father, today take up my spirit. Oh, and he became sin. He became a curse. What did he do at that moment? He paid the credit card. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow as we continue bringing you highlights from Karis Bible College's 2018 Healing Is Here Conference. I'd like to encourage you to get our Healing Is Here materials. We've got it in deep in CDs right here. We also have DVDs that were made at the conference, and we also have a USB here where you can get the entire conference on there. And I tell you, this was powerful. We saw lots of people healed. And the way that Daniel Amstutz and Carly Teradell's ministered along with all of our other guests and Audrey Mack, it was just a powerful time. You won't want to miss it. Our healing is here either on CD, DVD, or USB. Today, you viewed a portion of the 2018 Healing is Here conference. This conference in its entirety is available on either a CD or DVD album or on a USB drive for a gift of $49 or more when you contact us. This valuable product includes 16 powerful teachings that will build your faith to receive your own healing and help you minister healing to others. Also available is the free God Wants You Well booklet. This booklet answers common questions about healing and includes a list of every time Jesus healed someone in the Bible. This valuable resource is available to you for a limited time, free of charge on our website at awmi.net. This offer is limited to one free booklet per household. You can order resources or become a Grace Partner through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download many free resources. Or call our helpline at 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, remember, you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, seven days a week at awmi.net. If you'd like to write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a sneak peek on how your partnership with Andrew Walmack Ministries and Karis Bible College is making a difference around the world. When lupus threatened to end Raquel Hudson's life, the Holy Spirit led her and her husband Herman to Andrew's Gospel Truth television show, where she heard the Bible taught like never before. 
Even as her organs shut down and the doctors considered her a lost cause, the Hudsons found hope in the healing journey of Nikki Ochinsky, knowing that what God did for Nikki, he would do for Raquel. Today, Raquel is completely healed. She travels with Andrew at conferences around the country, singing in the worship band and reminding us all that no matter the circumstances, God wants us well. I'm really alive because of your partnership because of you coming alongside Andrew and helping him to get this message of the gospel of grace out. All I can say is thank you to him. I mean, you saved our lives. To see more stories like Raquel's, visit awmi.net today.